This audio production is brought to you by TheBestDayEver.com, David Wolf's premium longevity member site. The content found on TheBestDayEver.com from David Wolf and New Horizon Health, Inc. is for informational purposes only and is in no way intended as medical advice, as a substitute for medical counseling, or as treatment cure for any disease or health condition, and nor should it be construed as such because that would be illegal. Always work with a qualified health professional before making any changes to your diet, supplement use, prescription drug use, lifestyle, or exercise activities. Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Rebecca Gauthier, and I'm here with Tara Warner, who gave an extraordinary presentation last year at the Women's Wellness Conference that people talked about for months and months. It's one of the most exciting and involved PowerPoints I've ever seen. She did a stellar job. We're so excited to have her back on the stage this year at our Women's Wellness Conference, which is now right around the corner, Friday, February 15th through Sunday, February 17th. And Tara is going to be covering authenticity, purpose, and communication, the multivitamin your nutritionist forgot to mention. So just to tell you a little bit about who Tara is, she's the founder of the world's largest online resource for raw food cleansing, detoxification, and health programs for women. She's published a number of books on the raw food diet, including Well-Rounded, The Ultimate Guide to a Healthy Raw Food Pregnancy, the Healthy Lunchbox, Nutritious Meals Your Kids Won't Trade for a Lollipop, and many, many more. Tara helps women adopt a healthy lifestyle where slow and steady change produces vibrant health, improved energy, and self-confidence. Tara, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. You make me sound so good. <laughs> <laughs> she did a presentation on body image last year, and it was awesome. You can still check it out on our Women's Wellness webcast that we have available. It just it was really, really insightful, very powerful, and I think it helped a lot of women come to terms with how they view their bodies, how they feel about themselves, and they walked away with a lot of great information, and I'm sure that you are going to be delivering once again on our stage as you talk about authenticity, purpose, and communication. So let's start with communication, dive right in. You like to say that we're all alive as we're willing to communicate. How is that true? I love that expression, we are alive, as alive as we are willing to communicate. And, you know, I think I just wanted to say that this presentation I'll be doing this year is going to be the perfect follow-up to last year because as you were talking about, we talked about um, body image and so many of us realized the degree to which Media has kind of influenced how we think about ourselves. And this presentation that I'll be doing in February is really about being as much ourselves as we can. And one of those things, one of the things that helps make that happen is communication. And we really need to think about communication in terms of flows and life in general in terms of flows. So if you look back at the times in your life where you really didn't feel good, or, and the, the reverse, we can look at that too. So think of a time when argument or something, or even something like, you, you could have an accident is a one-way flow, but the times in our life where we really didn't feel good, a lecture that dragged on and on and on, or a loss, 
losing a relationship, things like that, those are one-way flows. That's where the flow is just coming one way. And life feels best when it's flowing in two ways. So last year at the conference, you know, I mentioned that the average woman is receiving 3,000 messages per day from media. That's 3,000 incoming messages. So we're being told 3,000 times what to wear, how to look, how to walk, how to smell, and all these kinds of things. That can really push us in. It's coming in, and it can make us feel smaller. And one of the things that really, and we'll do some exercises in February, but any person can feel that. But one of the things that can help stop that incoming flow and start to make us take up more space and literally feel more alive is how we communicate what we say and what we express. You know, think of a time when you accomplished something that you really felt good about or you you, you call recall back on, on moments where you felt really alive. There are often things that let you take up space as a person and green juice tastes great and I'm a huge fan of chlorophyll and superfoods and all of these kinds of things. But if you look at the moments like falling in love or creating something that you felt really good about or having an amazing time with friends or giving birth or these kinds of things. These are really moments of communication and these are the things that make us really feel alive. And the reverse, if you think of being in a situation where you cannot communicate or, you know, you, you, you're not able to, these are things that can often make us feel smaller. And the communications aren't being received and you're not effectively communicating, then Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you're doing from a diet perspective. There is this feeling of, like, malnourishment. Totally. Because we all know that expression, you are what you eat. But the truth is we're so much more than just what we eat. And that's why these three things, authenticity, purpose, and communication – are, are things I really want to talk about because there are three huge factors in our overall livingness. But when it comes to communication, there are really only two kinds of communication, incoming communication and outgoing communication. And the one thing you have to be for all communication to happen is there. You have to be present. And a lot of times when we're communicating, we're communicating like just because the person's body is there, their attention can be off on their phone or their their attention can be, you know, if a person is tired or distracted, they're not actually there. So there are only two kinds of communication and one thing required, which is presence for communication to happen. And most of the time, either the flows are off or the presence, the person just isn't present. And those factors can start to cause problems. So as individuals in our lives, it's really tough to go wrong by over-communicating. We can create far more problems by under-communicating or not communicating. It's far safer to err on over-communicating than under-communicating. What do you think about the level of listening in our society today? Listening Mm -hmm. is, I think, just such a lost commodity in today's society, and I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about that. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And uh, a lot of people are, yeah, being able to listen really requires one presence. So you have to eliminate distractions and actually be present to receive the communication, understand the communication, and then respond appropriately. And those are the three factors that make listening effective. Because if you're just there staring out in space while someone talks at you, That's not actually listening, and it doesn't feel very good. But in order to have listening feel really good, the person needs to be there fully present, understand what's being communicated, and then respond appropriately. And 
those three things, yes, you could eliminate a lot of therapy <laughs> by just giving that to people. I think, honestly, that's why a lot of people go to therapy, because they're being listened to. It's really important on both ends of the communication cycle, on both ends of communication, so that, that you, that, that piece understand is really important. So sometimes when people get, you know, start to create problems in communication, it's because assumptions are being made or interpretations are being made. And that's how come I said those three things. You need to be present to hear. Then you need to understand and acknowledge accordingly. And so if you're the person who wants to be heard, then it's, we can, because we can avoid therapy by also asking presence of others to say, I have something I would really like to communicate and I just need you to be fully present with me. Or and we can say, did you, you know, did, did what I say, you know, did you understand or did what I say feel clear? Did it make sense to you? Okay. So checking, you know, asking for presence, checking to confirm that we were understood and then getting an acknowledgement. Well, what did you think? How does that make you feel? Is there anything you'd like to say about that? So even in, because it's really hard to impose an ability to listen on another person or even to expect it with the way people are so into their 140 character status updates and iPhones everywhere, people are chronically distracted and their attention is dispersed. But by our very beingness, we can not command, but we can create that kind of situation and we can ask or request presence. And that is a beautiful thing. Really clear and effective communication is just such a gift to witness and be a part of. Well put. And all of that plays a big part in our communication. There are some really precise tips for how to handle tricky communication, like how to speak to someone who is angry and when to know when not to communicate. Because there are some situations where the more you communicate, or even try to communicate, the worse it will get. So what is our purpose and why is it important with respect to women's health? Do you have any insight you'd like to offer on that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, if I was on the stage right now, you know I'd be popping all over it. But this is such a big, a big one for me, and it's really interesting because I was exposed to countless self-development books on passion and purpose, and I really believe that purpose has a huge impact on how alive we feel. And one of the things that I'd love to kind of, it's like if you were to measure your livingness, you can definitely tie that in with purpose. And one of the um, comparisons that I like to use is the idea of a soccer game. And we can kind of compare life with a game. Now, living without a purpose is kind of like playing soccer without a net or without like a, a goal for the game in some ways, right? If you had this field and you were just pushing around a ball but there was no net to throw the ball into, then it wouldn't be very exciting. So I love using that example. But that really is the comparison for how a purpose affects how we live and how we play the game of living. Tony Robbins really taught me the power of writing down your purposes, writing down your goals, writing down your values so that you can really get that clarity. There's something about writing it down where it goes in your body like kinesthetically mm -hmm. and helps you helps you really clarify. And I think that's important. What, what are your thoughts on defining 
your purpose or finding your purpose if you don't have one or if you've lost it or are reconfiguring what you want to do. What are your thoughts there? Well, I love what you said about writing it down. And I, you know, we were talking, you were talking a little while ago that communication is 95% nonverbal. And one of the biggest factors in communication is intention. Intention is the carrier wave for words. What we intend is actually the, the flow, and the words just kind of grace themselves along that flow. And in our life, so our purpose is really our intention towards achieving a goal. And in its expression, I like this part, it defines, distinguishes, and drives the individual toward its fulfillment. So that was the definition I had, and I'm going to say it again. It's the intention towards achieving a known goal. And in its expression, so when we state it and write it out, and for me it took me three months to get to the place where I, I could write it down, it defines, so it says what it is clearly. It distinguishes. It sets itself apart somehow. It's not generic. It's not, it's, it's just something different about it. And it drives the individual toward its fulfillment. In its articulation, as you read it, it compels you to fulfill it. So if someone feels like they've lost their purpose or maybe their their circumstances have shifted and, and they have to find a new purpose, like someone who's very career-oriented gets laid off mm-hmm. or their relationship is the most significant thing in their life and they break up with their partner or they get divorced. A lot of women go through these types of changes. What recommendations do you have for people to recalibrate to their reality and make the most of their situation and then find a new purpose? Well, I love that question, and I love it when life dishes out a new blank slate. And I think our purpose, I mean, in order for this intention that we have to compel us, to drive us forward, it's got to be aligned with something we're passionate about. And I think one of the things that happens is that most people do know what their purpose is, but they're afraid to say it or they're afraid to follow it. And part of that comes because, you know, immediately we state some kind of goal, but then we see a whole bunch of barriers, money, time, whatever. And so even though we know what we really want to do, we wouldn't dare say it. There's a really great exercise that you can do. And if you were to take a paper and a pen right now and just draw a little circle, we actually want to draw eight concentric circles. But at the beginning is you. And then out around that circle, you would do, which is kind of like sex and your partner and your immediate family. And then a little bit further out, you do another concentric circle, so a wider one. And this would be your group. So maybe it's the people you work with or the people you go to. Um, you know, if you go to a church or if you have a community, this is kind of like your small community groups. But then you go one circle out wider, and this would be humanity. Because life is existing in spheres of influence and moving in, like from in out, we have you, your immediate family, groups humankind, and then we have all of life, so kind of nature and animals, and then moving out further, we have like the physical universe, which is matter, energy, space, and time, and then moving out further, we have this notion of our spiritual existence, and then further, even we have sort of the idea of infinity or God. So the more your purpose touches the spheres of life, 
and takes those spheres of life into consideration, the more likely it is to compel you or drive you forward. But also just considering the fact that your purpose is really often about what it is that you contribute to these areas of life. So a purpose can never really be, you know, getting a car or getting a hot date or it's not the attainment of a thing or it's not acquiring something. It's really like a contribution. Mm-hmm. And the point when I woke up finally after three days was when he said, you know, most people, and I think this is really valuable, and so many of the women who come to the Women's Wellness Conference are just incredible women who are already paving such paths to wellness, and they're so far ahead of their communities. And so this will really, I think, ring true for so many people. But often where we fail in with our purpose is that we have to be willing to take up space, that the way that life is with these 3,000 messages coming in on us per day, most people are in a state of constant confusion and overwhelm. And in order for us to really be heard and create a message that has impact, we have to be willing to take up space. Somebody's got to do it. And I know the women who attend Women's Wellness Conference are the kind of women who are definitely capable of doing it. But at one point I said, all right. And this wasn't the actual statement of my purpose, but it was kind of about my willingness to take space. And these are just, I said, well, I want the communication. I want to communicate like Oprah. And I want to understand and feel confident about business like Richard Branson. And then I want to have the beauty influence of Mary Kay. And even if I was just stating it for my own personal pleasure, my willingness to do so totally brought me to life. And I think um, I want to bring in the soccer game example again because in the statement, in our courage to communicate our purpose, if we stop when we see a barrier, then it's like playing a game It's like stopping to play a game as soon as we realize there's an opponent. But the only way a soccer game is even interesting is if there is an opponent and if the barriers to that game are challenging. Because if you play a soccer game against a crappy team, it's not even fun to win. Like, it isn't even good. So, But when you play and it's neck and neck and at the very end it's like almost a tie, but you score at the last minute, it's exhilarating. So regardless of what it is, you have to dare to dream. And the obstacles are just what make the game interesting. But your courage and willingness to express what you truly want to do and be and contribute to life is the thing that makes you alive. And the rest can fall into place as you go. But that willingness to dream and believe is just fundamental to living this. We really want to be in the game. And, and that's, you know, life is just a game. And and we can set goals for ourselves and determine who we're going to be, how we're going to be to try to fulfill those goals with that underlying purpose of, I want to be the best human being I can possibly be. I want to be of service to others. I want to be of contribution. And I think David Wolf is such a, a shining example of that. His mission is for everyone to have the best day ever. <laughs> That's his mission. To eat the best foods ever, drink the best water ever, think the best thoughts ever. I have to say I've been working with closely with him for 11 years. I stayed at his house. He's lived in my house. He's been around me, you know, for weeks at a time. And I can honestly say that I've never seen him in a bad mood. He's one of the most optimistic, 
upbeat people that I know, and he's so confident in everything he does, and I think that's because his purpose is very well established. He's very clear on his goals and what he wants to accomplish. He's completely of service to others. I've seen him do book signings five hours. And he's not saying, get me out of here. He's just completely of service. It doesn't matter who's walking up, what question they have, his willingness to answer that question, provide them with the tools to educate, empower, inspire themselves to have the best day ever, mm-hmm. what he's all about. And so, you know, I feel honored and privileged to, to know him and have learned from him the capacity that we as human beings have to really be of service to others, this is a a very purposeful way to be and live life. Beautiful. And, you know, we spend so much time shopping and primping and plucking and pruning. It's totally, it's a good investment to take a bit of time and invest into these not so material not so material goals and I mean that when I finally sat down to write my purpose it just gave me shivers and it can still pull a tear every single time I read it and it's one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done for myself so I'll definitely pass along my tips for how I did it at the conference okay let's take a look at authenticity Mm. so sometimes this word can almost feel a bit cliched how do you feel about being authentic, what, what's the key there, and how do you really, here's an interesting question for you, how do you really know when you're being yourself? <laughs> Stop putting on, like, the show. Yeah. Well, I think there are a lot of layers of the social onion that we're all wearing and we don't realize it. So it's such a great question and such a great idea, authenticity. And, yeah, there are, there are kind of two ideas that I want to share, and one is about this great definition of happiness that I got. And it said that happiness is not an emotion. It's a state of being, the anatomy of which is interest. So after having received 3,000 media messages per day for the last 30-some years or 40 or 50 or whatever it's been, we've received a lot of information about how we're supposed to be. And there's a lot of I want to call it social veneer, about how we're supposed to look, smell, talk, walk, right, sit, whatever. Um, And it's pretty hard to just think that we're actually living without those constantly, to some degree, being present, which is why last year we focused on body image, because for many of us, these kind of layers of social veneer and these 3,000 messages per day, they've had a pretty big impact on how we feel about ourselves. And truly one of the most courageous things we can do is start to embrace this idea of authenticity, but how do we do it? I want to come back to this definition of happiness because you can, you're, one of your biggest clues for, you know, kind of almost as a little meter for your own authenticity is observing the degree to which you are trying to make yourself interesting versus the degree to which you are interested. So if the anatomy of happiness is interest, which I love that idea, then you'll notice that the people who are really happy are interested. And they're not trying to be interesting. They're not trying to make themselves anything special for you. They're not trying to get your attention with anything. They're actually just really interested. And I have this a friend of mine who is just, he's just peace on earth. And I was like, and I asked him, and he studies communication and 
And I had said, how do you know when a person is really in present time, when they're really doing well? And he said, well, they're very interested. So I love that as a first note on authenticity, using the meter of when are you trying to be, like how much are you trying to be interesting versus your degree of interest? Looking good. We spend so much time and energy into looking good, and it's exhausting. And everyone's trying to look good, so no one's paying attention. And the funny thing is no one's even paying attention to what anyone else is doing. All they're just looking at it themselves, and i got to look good. So I love what you said about looking good, because even good or bad is totally relative to point of view, right? Like (laughs) I have this rebel son who shaves one side of his head. He's nine years old, and he – refuses. He always wears completely stained pants and T-shirts with holes in, and he's like, he's just, he's just a walking mess of, of matter <laughs> in space and time. He's amazing, but he's so good in his class, and he's so, so, but you know, so much of these ideas of what is good and bad are totally filtered and 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 pushed in upon us by who knows. But we a lot, a lot, a lot of our life and attention and time goes into sculpting ourselves with the need for approval from others or the need for admiration from others. And this is uh, just an energy-sucking drain. When we feel truly alive, we're not trying to be anybody for anybody else but ourselves and for the sheer joy of being. And I think that's why you brought me back (laughs) to Women's Wellness Conference because it's so obvious when I stood up on that stage and I took up that space that I was, I mean, there for my personal pleasure and enjoyment and it was just so much fun and fantastic. And I remember last year I ended my presentation with a phrase that I'm going to use again because, and I'm actually quoting myself here, but I think this is probably the smartest thing I ever said, and maybe I'll end every presentation I ever do with this phrase, which is, you don't need to change yourself to please the world. You just need to be yourself because that is what changes the world. And I really feel like being authentic is the bravest, most important thing we can do. And, you know, as you were saying, it totally ties back in with purpose and communication. When we have a purpose other than being seen, being liked, being admired, we can start to really live. And and, and so much of it starts to happen by daring to communicate by daring to wear whatever the frick we want to wear, by saying whatever we want to say when we say it. And I think usually you'll find most things that want to express themselves from you are beautiful and courageous and contribute magical things to the world, and they deserve to be expressed. So to finish up here, you're going to be doing a couple of really cool exercises at the conference. What can some of the attendees expect to experience from those exercises? Well, there are some pretty great things that happen when you're in the physical presence of another person, and you can't make that happen over the internet or during a phone conversation. So, in matters of in a matter of minutes, we're going to strip away a lot of those layers of what I like to call social veneer. It's like this layer of varnish that we wear that kind of keeps us from being ourselves. So, and not in a dramatic way, but in a really effective way. And we're going to get to taste 
just being fully present in communication and know what that feels like. And then, you know, we're going to try on authenticity for a while and have a great time doing the presentation too. So we've got a few exercises specifically about that. And I'll be passing along the exact steps that I use to find my purpose. So those will also be um, shared at the conference coming up. Great. I know it's right around the corner. I can't even believe it. Is there anything women listening in right now can do to get it to get a glimpse of what you're going to be teaching us at the Women's Wellness Conference? Yes, they're totally, and in fact, what I think is really most important, because I know that not everybody is going to be able to attend, but just to help everyone listening get an idea of how much communication, purpose, and authenticity affect our livingness, I have a couple um, exercises to suggest. And actually, you know, it was interesting, because as you were talking about authenticity, just at the end, I was thinking of an exercise that I did with my kids. and. Sometimes kids can be start to be quite critical, and I know that one of the things that keeps us from being authentic is how we actually criticize and judge ourselves, but at one point, my children were just, I like to use the expression granting beingness, which means allowing an orange to be an orange and allowing an apple to be an apple, and sometimes when we see a person or their hair or their outfit or something, or even with ourselves, we kind of judge it and you know, try and criticize it. And when my kids were being kind of critical, either of themselves or not of themselves, but of other people, we did this exercise where we went outside and we sat on a park bench. And one of the things that's so beautiful about the human spirit (laughs) is it really does love other people. And so I sat my kids down on a bench and I said, listen, no matter what you see, put perfection in, on, and around every single person who walks by you. Just let every single orange be an orange, every single whatever it is, just put perfection there no matter what you see. Just grant people beingness. So that's something that I would like everyone listening on this call to just test the next time you're stuck in an airport. Observe, observe just to observe, not to criticize, to judge, to compare, but just actually observe. Because when you can grant other people beingness, let other people be as they are, you allow yourself to do that. And they may not be aware that you're giving them space to be who they are as they are, but you will feel very different for doing it. So that's one exercise that I think is really, really helpful. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Listeners, I hope you've enjoyed some of the insights that Tara has shared with us When you come to the Women's Wellness Conference Friday, February 15th through Sunday, February 17th, not only will you be hearing from Tara about communication, authenticity, purpose, actualizing your potential, so much great stuff. We've got a lot of longevity health experts that are joining us who will be sharing their cutting-edge research as well. It's going to be the best weekend ever. We had a blast last year. We had a blast this year. And on behalf of David Wolf, I extend an invitation to each and every one of you listening in on this call to be a part of that weekend. Tara, thank you again so much. I look forward to seeing you soon. You have the best day ever. You too, Rebecca. Thank you so much. This program was brought to you by thebestdayever.com. Thanks for listening.